God's law is God's plan for our life. He wants us to be in alignment with the law that he created. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I am honored to be your host. Our mission here on the Impact Entrepreneur Show is not just to inspire you, but also to help you tap into and begin to believe in your God-given potential and purpose. That's right, baby. We want you to not only be inspired, but experience breakthrough. And we do that on this podcast by interviewing incredible people who are using their experiences, their skill set, their platforms to have a game-changing impact in the lives of others. And here's the thing. None of these folks are simply sitting back, living a life of leisure. They have things to do, places to go, and lives to impact. Speaking of that, what is up, my friends? Here we are one week closer to April 29th, 2019. Why is that day so important? You guessed it, because that is the day that my book goes live, Master the Key, a story to free your potential, find meaning, and live life on purpose. And people who have read advanced copies of the book are already reaching out to me, letting me know how deeply this book has touched them and the impact that it's having in their life. And I hope that it has the same or similar impact in your life. And right now, I want you to hit pause and send me a text to 831-607-1818. Text the word KEY, followed by your first name, and you will be added to a list where we will keep you updated on the launch of that book. But right now, proceeding with this week's episode, another mashup of two of the influential people who have impacted the book and influenced the book and and endorsed the book. And I am super pumped to share with you a mashup episode of two of the most positive people you will ever meet in your life. The first is none other than Greg Amundsen. He is a former DEA special agent, the number one best-selling author of The Warrior and the Monk, and a plank owner of the Eagle Rise Speaker Bureau and one of the original CrossFitters. He's my CrossFit coach over here in Santa Cruz, California, the birthplace of CrossFit. And here's what Greg has to say about Master the Key. God has given us everything we need to achieve his purposes for our life. Mike's new book is a beautiful illustration of how to set your unlimited potential completely free. Greg, it is an honor to call you a friend and a coach, and I am so humbled that you shared those words on my debut book. Now, let's get into this conversation with Greg, and in between, be sure to hit pause and send me a text. Text the word KEY, followed by your first name, to 831-607-1818. Threshold. Why did you choose that word? Why did you choose threshold and from a mind, body, spirit kind of um, perspective. Threshold in the warrior tradition, in the warrior culture, is a word that holds immense significance. So often the term is used in the context of crossing a threshold where you are in potentially dangerous territory, in enemy territory. You're crossing what's known as the line of action or the line of departure and you are in the threshold of new opportunity. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Threshold also conjures up emotions of challenge, of a 
opportunity, of growth, of nervousness, of excitement. I'm in a new threshold. Yeah. So as you mentioned, and you're spot on, words are extremely important. And that word, when we associate it in our growth and our development through the mind, body, spirit, holds immense opportunity for us. Yeah, I, I just personally speaking, have experienced that. And, and as you've been testing some of these uh, methodologies at CrossFit Amundsen, mm-hmm. realizing you you hit a certain threshold, and then the following week you come back and you do a similar workout and you you've crossed into a whole new area of ability. Mm-hmm. And it's really something that's very empowering to constantly test your threshold yes. and to test your capability. And I think that whether you're doing that as a, as a husband or a wife, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a father, as an athlete, as a police officer, uh, as a DA, whatever it may be, testing your thresholds and, and constantly challenging your abilities is something that's really important. How would you advise entrepreneurs specifically to test their ideas and to get out there and to, and to test the impact and yeah. scale that they could have in the world? Something God's put on my heart recently about the creative process. That's the goal of an entrepreneur is to understand creation, to understand the nature of creativity. How do we go from idea to manifestation of the idea. What I'm starting to understand about the creative process is that in creativity, everything counts. Sometimes it's challenging to perceive how the actions we take today, seemingly insignificant, result in the fruition of our dreams and goals, yet they do. Everything counts in the creative process. Hmm. Even thinking about our idea counts. Imagine that our ideas and the dreams and the goals we have, they are at a certain rate of vibration. They have a certain threshold. Mm -hmm. And our goal on earth is to contribute an equal amount of energy to the idea, which takes time to invest that energy, that vibration. Yet the moment that we've made the contribution, the idea transfers realities and it begins to manifest and show itself in physical form. Wow. So here's another way of looking at this. Our primary role as creators, as co-creators with God, is to focus on what we desire, not how we are to go about achieving it. Hmm. The reason for that is that God His ways are higher than our ways. And if we not only think about what we desire, but determine how we're going to go about achieving it, we limit ourselves. The Bible tells us, lean not on your own understanding. (laughs) Because we will limit ourselves to our current ability of understanding and self-knowledge and self-awareness, which is always limited in comparison to the infinite ability of God. So as entrepreneurs, our role is become aware of the dream and the desire that God is implanting in our heart, focus on it, visualize it, feel ourselves having accomplished it, yet spend no time whatsoever worrying about how we're going to go about achieving it. Hmm, that's really powerful. And it segues perfectly into, into my next question, which it's almost like you 
oh, you know, had read the question, but you, you haven't. So I, <laughs> I can guarantee people that I have not shared these questions with Rick. <laughs> but before I, I get to that question, I want to ask you another question that just popped in my head is how do you prepare yourself to be open to receiving these ideas? Because you get a lot of ideas. I mean, the 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 book God and Me and the and the associated drawings all came to you, you know, kind of, you know, were delivered to you by God and and same thing with fire by the breather fitness and, and everything that you've done. Yeah. It's with great intention, but it's it's not just something that's happened passively. It's it's something that you've somehow prepared yourself to be able to receive. Meditation. Silence, stillness in the presence of God. Time and time again, that is the commandment that we hear from God. Be still and know I am God. Hmm. Physical and mental stillness in the presence of God, soaking in God's light, soaking in God's embrace is absolutely essential to the entrepreneur. Wow. We have to become still in his presence. That stillness allows God to work on our behalf. So take people through your process. So I would imagine that I know that you get up early. So I'd imagine this time for this specific time of meditation that you're talking about happens first thing in the morning. So, so what's, how, how do you begin? Yeah, you're describing or you're asking, what is my morning ritual? Right. That is a huge part of my life and Mark Devine's life. We're both passionate about instilling in people the warrior quality of morning ritual. Every morning I wake up at four. First thing I do when I wake up is become aware that I'm awake. There's the waking state, sleeping state, and I become aware of that transition, which is a beautiful transition. Mm -hmm. I remain silent, which is key. I go into the kitchen and I pour myself a glass of water. Then I introduce the feeling of gratitude right away. First thing in the morning is I introduce gratitude as a feeling sensation, the felt experience as I drink the water of immense gratitude. Then I go into the living room and I go through a series of breathing exercises that are designed to still the mind. Then I meditate. Following meditation, I transition from a transcendent state that is achieved through meditation, absolute God awareness, the transcendent state, one with God. Mm-hmm. Then I transition And I practice what is called in the warrior tradition, first words, which is on itself a life-changing practice. Mm. This practice can change your life. First words is simply a matter of bringing awareness to the first offering of our spoken word. The reason for that is that entrepreneurs are essentially architects. And our primary tool in the creative process is our thinking and our speaking. Thinking precedes speaking. So as I'm formulating my first words, I'm thinking about those words. Hmm. I'm very selective. I use Bible verse as my first words, yet an entrepreneur could use any right. first word. The idea is to speak first words with light, love, and positive expectancy. What the first word process does is from the beginning of our day, during that transition from silence to a full waking state where we begin to co-create through the spoken word, is the word creates a rippling effect through the rest of our day. So imagine that what we create through that stillness, through meditation, through the breathing practices, is you create a still body of water in your mind. The spoken word is like a pebble that we drop into that stillness that creates an even rippling effect 
touching the shore of our life on every corner. Mm. If we practice that, if we discipline ourselves in the morning with first words, that practice naturally carries itself throughout the day. So first words is most powerful in the morning because we're coming out of the longest, deepest period of silence. Yet as we continue through the day, we realize that every time we speak, silence. We speak into that silence. Hmm. Hmm. Warriors are very skillful with the way that they speak. Very, very skillful. It's very. That's a very rich tradition that you are applying in, in your own personal life. And, and I know that to be true because I, I think that most warriors, my dad's a former warrior, you know, retired army officer. Yeah. Also, uh, you know, he's very careful, thoughtful yes. with his words and intentional with his words because he knows words matter. Words can start wars or bring words peace. are real. Words are real. Our word, our spoken word will create what we send out through the spoken word will become our reality. Mm-hmm. We will experience the blessing or the curse of everything that we say during our life. Yeah. No, I, I totally, totally believe that. I gave you a book called uh, Determining Your Life's Path Through the Power of Words because, uh, you know, I believe so passionately about the importance of words. And, and one of the most Im- important ones is, for me, is, is the word courage, mm. which means heart. Mm-hmm. And specifically, when I became aware of of that meaning, then I became aware of another related word, which is to encourage, right? Mm. To add to someone's heart. Mm. But then I became even more hyper aware of the opposite of that, which is to discourage. So if I'm discouraging someone, I'm stealing from them. I'm taking life. I'm taking joy. And I mean, it's really powerful when you think about it. And another one of my favorite words, which is a buzzword in the entrepreneurial circle in the world that, that I that I don't like the way that it's used because it's used flippantly without understanding, mm-hmm. which is passion. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear people pursue your passion, blah, blah, blah. But people don't understand what passion actually means. Mm. Passion means being willing to suffer. And when you put it like that, it changes the whole entire way you look at that word. Mm. It's really powerful. Yeah. I want to jump back to the um, whole process of creating mm. um, and and co-creating and putting ideas out there. Because one of the things I know to be true about many entrepreneurs is that sometimes our expectations don't always align with reality at the moment. For example, we get an idea like you were talking about, and we're super excited about it. We want to see the fruit of that idea blossom immediately, and we can get disappointed when that doesn't happen, right? So Maybe we can talk a little bit about how we can change our thinking as it relates to Mm. that particular idea Mm. and make that an advantage instead of a disadvantage. Mm. Something God just put on my heart. Jesus told us, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. The question God put on my heart is, do you think Jesus was only talking about physical life, meaning to physically lay down your life and therefore die. Right. Or could Jesus have been talking about the life of an idea, our ideas? Hmm. (laughs) I think he was talking about both. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, 
our ideas that we create have the potential for creation or self-destruction. Any idea we hold in our mind, any belief, any pattern of thinking, any habitual way of perceiving the world that is not in alignment with our highest potential, our divine nature of infinite potential, we have to lay down. Hmm. Therefore, in the creative process as an entrepreneur, there's no such thing as failure. That's simply an idea. And I'm going to lay that idea down. I'm not going to give life to that idea. Anything that I am trying to create, if I focus on only the end product, I miss the joy and the journey that God has in store for us. Mm. The real opportunity is the creative process. That's the growth. That's where there's the richness and the joy of the experience. The material manifestation of our desire, once it is materialized and in form, do you know what the entrepreneur does in that moment? What? Again, the next creative process. (laughs) (laughs) So we are in the business of creativity. Right. Stagnation happens when we become possessive of what we create. Mm. So there's this beautiful philosophy that comes from the warrior tradition. A warrior lets things come and go as they happen. Mm. We are in the pursuit of present moment awareness. And in this present moment, I am creating with God. I'm enjoying every moment of it. Yet I'm not attached to the outcome. There is so much there, man. I mean, we could have like an <laughs> entire another part two podcast on just that <laughs> that whole concept alone. I mean, I mean, just the idea of laying your precious thing down mm-hmm. in exchange for a greater thing, mm-hmm. you know, because when you lay when you give something up, another opportunity will come, right? It may not come like immediately in that moment, but it will come. And you create that space, it reminds me uh, of another um, guy, Dan- a guy named Daniel Harkavy, who co-wrote a book called Living Forward. I was talking to him early on in the show, and he said, you have to say no to good things so you have the capacity to say great yes to great things, mm-hmm. which ties perfectly into this kind of idea, mm-hmm. what you're, you're talking about, because we all have ideas, but maybe they're not the, the great idea that that God has in store for each of us mm-hmm. so that we can live into our fullest potential. We may be good at doing something. We may be good at sales or at programming or at creating events or whatever it might be, but that doesn't mean that just because we're good at something, it's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Which when you allow yourself the opportunity to acknowledge that you're good at something, but keep yourself open to realizing the potential that God has for you. It's, it's really incredible. <laughs> Here's a bit of advice for our listeners. If you're in a line of work, in a profession where you are very excited about the weekend, <laughs> that's a clue yeah. that you are doing something you're good at. 
yet it might not be the very purpose of your life. Right. Well, you know, that that actually leads into another question. So you've been an entrepreneur for a long time now, but if you were starting over again, Mm -hmm. what are two or three things that you would do differently? Nothing differently. Oh, wow. There's no mistakes. Everything in our life is meant to be. This moment that you and I are sharing now is a result of every thing that we've done in our life up until this moment. Mm-hmm. Our life has been divinely orchestrated to allow this moment to come into fruition just the way it is. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah, that's laying down our life. To reflect on my life and to say, oh, I made a mistake here, I made a mistake there, we're focusing on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to look back on our life and say, I did my best here, I did my best there. In that moment, I made the best decision that I could. <laughs> yeah. It's reframing, yeah. rewiring the mind. Yeah, which I, which is such a challenge today because we're we're not taught yeah. that way. Here's how it is. Imagine that we are in our car and we program into our GPS our desired destination. And as we approach a particular turn on the route, GPS says, turn right. And we think to ourselves, no way. <laughs> I'm going to turn left. <laughs> so we turn left, we ignore the GPS. What's the GPS do? Reroute. <laughs> Make a right. <laughs> and we think, no way, I'm going straight. GPS reroutes. Ultimately, we get to our destination. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And that's how God works in our life. Uh-huh. He gives us an opportunity to turn right. <laughs> <laughs> and if we don't, God loves us anyway, and there's going to be an opportunity yeah. to turn right. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of the story I heard once about this uh, this guy who who uh, who was trapped on, on the roof of his house in the yeah. flood. Yeah. Did you hear the story? I have. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the flood's coming, and, and everybody's evacuating. And he runs up to his roof and, and they're like, come on, let's go. Let's get in the car. Let's let's get out of here before the, the water rises too high. And he says, no, 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 God will save me. And then, uh, you know, long story short, you know, uh, the water's now at this roof level and a boat comes by. Hey, jump in. We'll we'll, we'll get you to, to safety. No, no, no. God will save me. A helicopter comes, offers a rope. No, no, no. God will save me. And then sure enough. He ends up drowning and he's in heaven. He's like, well, God, why didn't you save me? It's like, wait a second. I sent you a car. Yeah. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. You know, I will always give you the opportunity exactly. to turn right. Exactly. Okay. Here's the word association question. Okay. Are you an accomplisher or a doer? I would resonate more with the daily practice of doing. Hmm. Focus on the work. Focus on the doing. Yeah, the process. The process. I think that totally aligns with what everything else that you've just said today. You know, and so that's definitely who you are, the the process. And I think that you're masterful at designing those steps to whether it's programming a workout for the day or how you're laying out your your plan for writing or your next speech, breaking those things in down into a process so that it's something that you can enjoy instead of being overwhelmed mm-hmm. by trying to create an outcome and then being so overwhelmed that you never mm-hmm. take action. You know, I'm fairly certain the period of my life in which I was serving as a deputy sheriff, as an agent, 
with the DEA had to do with God helping me to understand the nature of law. We are familiar with law in the context of penal code law, civil law, real estate law, financial law. Law provides a framework and a structure for the human being to operate on the world frame. Mm-hmm. When we are in alignment with law, even vehicle code law, when I'm in alignment with vehicle code law, I don't get pulled over. I drive safely, I arrive at my destination, effortless. We have to abide by law in order to be successful in the world. However, there's a greater law that we have to abide by if we want to be successful in life. That's God's law or universal law. So the process of doing is simply a matter of being in alignment with God's law. And God's plan. God's plan. God's law is God's plan for our life. He wants us to be in alignment with the law that he created. Some of these innate laws are the law of sacrifice. Sacrificing a lesser good for a greater good. The law of order. Putting first things first. That's the beauty for the entrepreneur of meditation of stillness, of non-action, is understanding that when God said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you, that's the law of order. Hmm. The order of events is always kingdom first, Hmm. God first. Everything else is secondary to that. I'd like to ask you this question. It just came on my heart because you know, meditation and mindfulness and all this stuff, it's a it's a big kind of a trend right now in entrepreneurial in the entrepreneurial world. I mean, there's there's all kinds of apps, you know, that are being created. But there's it's it's not transcendent in the sense that uh it's it's other oriented to a God, right? Why mm-hmm. why do you think I I have this general sense that people are afraid of inviting God into that process of meditation and mindfulness. What's your take on that? The process of meditation is becoming one with the object of meditation. The greatest pursuit of meditation, therefore, is God. We become one with what we focus on. Whatever we focus on will increase in our life. That's powerful. So, so let's break that down. So if you're, if you're listening and you're doing mindfulness or meditation, and when you're doing meditation, you're your object of, that you're meditating on is your own potential. That's great. You're gonna you're gonna be successful. You're gonna you're gonna do great things. But if you're if the object you're meditating on is higher than you, God's potential. Wow. So often we confuse meditation with concentration. Both serve a purpose as entrepreneurs. Hmm. Concentration is to be able to focus the mind. Meditation is to become one with the object of our desire. Both serve a purpose in the creative process. Yet, when we look to the Bible for guidance, what we hear and what we read and what we come to understand is God is commanding us to become one with Him, which is the process of meditation. That's really powerful. You know, after this series, so you're you're the last. You're going to be the last episode in the Small Town Entrepreneur series. Uh, don't need to have a 
come from a big city to have a big idea or a big impact, which mm-hmm. you certainly do. The next series after that is going to be on developing and, and maintaining a champion's mindset. And, and you are a champion yourself. What's your take on, on how we can go about developing and maintaining a champion's mindset? The gym slogan is be a champion today. <laughs> a champion's mindset is someone who embraces positive expectancy, an optimist, someone who is in a constant state of gratitude and appreciation for themselves and for their circle of influence. If there's one thing you want people to remember from our conversation today, what would that be? I think what has been really impactful for me is seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. Mm. I'm working with so many high-level athletes and entrepreneurs and people of great influence in the world that are seeking coaching from me. That is the essence of my message to them. And the message that I receive back is it works. When we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be added to us. Greg, that's great wisdom. This this has just been chock full of, of wisdom and insight from a small town entrepreneur who's doing big things in this world and having significant impact. And I'm I'm really grateful that we were finally able to get this done. Me too. And it was it was uh, God ordained that we uh, weren't able to get this done earlier because it was meant to be now. Mm-hmm. And uh, how can our listeners connect with you? What should they be keeping an eye out for from you? Yeah. And what would you what would you la- like to uh, the last words that you'd like to share with them? Today? Sure, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, um, God in Me is available now, bookstores and Amazon. Fire Breather Fitness comes out January fifth. That will be in all bookstores and, of course, Amazon. People can connect with me on my website, gregoryamundson.com as well. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the Impact Entrepreneur told you to call. And we are back. And right now, you are going to hear from Mr. Positive, John Gordon. He is a prolific author and speaker, the podcast host of Positive University. Literally, this guy is all things positive. And I'm super grateful and humbled to have him endorse my book. And he's the best-selling author of many books, including The Carpenter and The Seed, The Energy Bus, all kinds of books. If you Google John Gordon, you are going to see how prolific this man is, and you are going to see the people that he works with and collaborates with, and he has a great podcast that you should listen to called The Positive University, and he's got an upcoming summit also 
called The Positive Summit. It's going to be amazing. But this is what John had to say about my book. Mike reminds us that no matter who we are, where we are, or what role we are playing, we each have the opportunity to direct the narrative of our life story and create a path toward a positive future. And that is what I want for you, my friends. Master the Key, a story to free your potential, find meaning, and live life on purpose is a roadmap. It is a these parts, these pieces of the key serve as guideposts back to the amazing creation that you are so that you can have the massively positive impact that you are meant to have in this world. So bust out your pens and paper, take some notes on all of these episodes on this mashup. Be sure to send me that text, the word key, followed by your name to 831-607-1818. And until next time, brace for impact. There's a, you know, a great analogy that I talk about in the four stages of greatness. It's not a book I wrote, but it's an article I wrote. It's what I've talked about a lot of times to sports teams. The four stages of greatness is something that we will all go through. And there's the preparation stage. You have to prepare to be great. There's the planting stage where you have to plant yourself where you are and say, okay, mm-hmm. I am going to give my life to a bigger cause. I'm going to be here to serve something bigger than myself. And when you plant yourself like a seed in the ground, you then start to grow. Mm-hmm. And so the third stage is the growth stage. And during the growth stage, you get pruned, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. You will be pruned. Mm-hmm. And when you're being pruned, it looks like you've been destroyed. But you haven't been destroyed. That pruning is meant to help you grow more fully, to mm-hmm. be all that you're meant to be. And so pruning, adversity, challenges helps us grow. It doesn't look like that at the time, but it's part of our growth process. And during the growth stage, you also face a constraint. Everyone has a constraint. Mm. And that constraint holds you back. And you have to understand what that constraint is. You have to deal with that constraint. It's usually in the place of your wounds. So fear comes up in your constraint. What am I really afraid of? What is holding me back, what fear is keeping me from moving forward. And when you can heal that constraint and heal that wound, you can move forward and reach the final stage, which is the harvest stage. And that's where an entrepreneur, that's where people see the impact of investing in that route, and then they get the fruit. I love that. I I, I identify with that so much uh, just in my own life. As we were talking before we hit the record, I, I'm going through this really discernment phase myself about what my greater purpose is and, and, and identifying and crystallizing that both not only where I'm at currently, but where I think that, that I'm being called to, to do and create in the world and uh, more on that later. But you know, the, the thing I'm thinking about is like, so you're a restaurateur entrepreneur and suddenly you come home one day and you say, honey, I'm going to be a speaker and a writer. <laughs> How did yeah. that go over? <laughs> well, first I told my dad, and my dad said, what the heck do you want to do that for? <laughs> That's a load of junk. That won't amount to anything. Just focus on your restaurant. Oh, gosh. You got to love dads. Yeah. And um, my wife was like, okay. But again, I knew I had to provide for the family. So that's why I decided to open the restaurant, so that I could hopefully make enough money that would provide the income to allow me to be a writer and speaker. But when I decided to sell the restaurant, the focus 100% of writing and speaking, it wasn't like it was going great. It wasn't like I thought I could make a living out of this. 
So that was another leap of faith. And I remember coming home telling her, all right, it's time. We're selling. You know, we'll have about a year and a half of money and income to provide for us while I get this going. And she was like, no, like, no, we can't do that. I'm like, there's no other option. Like, we have to. Because I saw the signs. I was on a road trip and actually going to do a talk out of Oregon. It's like one of the few talks I was actually giving. And I, and I loved it. I was so energized by it. And the restaurants were draining me. And I was reading a magazine, a business magazine that said, how to know when to sell your business. And I was like, just such a clear sign. So I came home. I'm like, all right, it's time. And she eventually said, okay. And I went forward with it and we sold it. And funny, like six months later, speaking's not going well. Writing's not going well. And that's when the energy bus came to me. Now. I was oh, walking, wow. walking and praying. And the idea literally struck me like lightning. I got the idea. I went back. I started writing one of the most amazing spiritual experiences of my life. And that began this journey. And I've learned that you often have to let go of the past in order to create your future. Mm. You have to let go of what is safe in order to step into what you're meant to do. Again, not everyone should do it like me, right? But I know when you get the sign, that's when you leap. That's when you take the jump. You have to build your bridge of faith. So you build the bridge as you walk along this bridge. And then there's going to be some point as you're building the bridge of knowledge, understanding, preparation, getting yourself set up, that you have to take that jump. Yeah. And yeah, then it's going to be scary, but you jump, you go for it, and you never look back. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think I've heard you say that, you know, when you are on path, you know, that's when things are really going to start happening. And it's funny because you can you can feel like you're on path, but it's like you're you're like on a parallel path, but you're not on the right path. And it's it's that time where you've got to you've got to make that that step over onto the right path, and that's when you'll encounter all of the the things that really move the needle. Yeah, I say when you are on the right path, God will move heaven and earth to support you. You'll face obstacles along the way, yeah, but you'll receive that support and that knowing that you're on the right path. There were many times I wanted to quit early on with the writing and speaking. I mean, there were many times it was hard and challenging, but I knew I was on the right path. And once, once I rode the energy bus, there was no turning back. Yeah. So you had zero audience, zero credibility at that point. So how did you manage to build momentum behind that? Yeah. I think, you know, going on this tour helped. I started a newsletter. Now everyone has a newsletter now and a blog. In 2002, I started a weekly positive tip. So this is what, 15 oh, wow. years ago? Yeah, okay. So I was ahead of the curve on, on something and uh, <laughs> on that. And then just started these weekly positive tips I was sending out every week. And that really created a lot of momentum. That started to get an audience. And then when I went on this tour, I was going from city to city. I got in a lot of local TV shows, radio shows. Some people heard me. Next thing you know, I get invited to give a talk at one of the associations. Hmm. This association, that association. I created a website with speaking and books and news. And I had no news, but I put up a news button. <laughs> Didn't have any speaking engagements, but I put up a speaking button. I was creating, you know, as if. Yeah. Build your brand as if. So I was creating this brand of this is what I'm going to be doing. It was a vision. And then I was creating that vision each day. And then I would get out there and just go do it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, no credibility. No one knew who I was. And I got I still have hundreds and hundreds of emails in a in a sent folder of all the emails I sent wow. 15 years ago. Hey, I'm John Gordon. I'd love to come speak to your company. Blah, blah, blah. 
but I, I, I was struggling at one point. I was going to think about getting another job. I sent an email to, to Modus in Jacksonville where I live and you know, wanted to work there and never heard back. You know, a great sign. You know, not too long ago, about five years ago, I gave a talk to all the leaders of Modus <laughs> and I, you know, shared this story with them. It was pretty fun. And the guy came up to me and goes, whoever didn't hire you or call you back, you know, should have been fired. We should we should have hired you. I go, no, you weren't meant to. So that's it's, hilarious. It's a fun journey to go, you know what? Not everyone's, not everyone's gonna see what you see. Not everyone's gonna share your vision. Not everyone's gonna believe in what you believe. Mm-hmm. Your positive energy must be greater than their, all their negativity. Your certainty, your faith must be greater than all their doubt. So just continue to move forward. Or they might not just be ready to hear it, right? Like right. like we were talking about, there's there's the right, right time element. You know, again, I think we create something and we think it's the right time, but the energy bus, I think, was ahead of its time because, like I said, the first five years, no one got it. And then once people started getting it, it took off. And now, with all the talk about positivity, loving your passengers, drive with purpose, giving energy vampires, it's like it resonates now more than ever in this world. And yet, it was written 10 years ago. And now it's really selling better now than it did even five years ago. I uh, I know that words are really important to you. And, and I'm a huge fan of the power of words because when we're not talking to each other, we're talking to ourselves. And mm. If we don't understand the meaning of words, we're really going to be doing potential damage to ourselves if we're using negative self-talk. And I read a book, and here's a recommendation for you because you love words if you haven't already read it. It's called Aspire. Discovering Your Life's Purpose Through the Power of Words, written by a guy named Kevin Hall. And he actually has a story in there about getting on path, about being a pathfinder. And he, he was leading a scouting trip in uh, St. George, Utah. And he had just finished telling his scouts about Dr. Gerald Bell, I think his name is. He used to be a, a mindset coach for the University of uh, North Carolina and coached, you know, Michael Jordan, all these people. And he had just finished telling a story about this guy. Well, a little while later, they're out on this hike, and all of a sudden, um, this this guy comes running up to Kevin, and it turns out turns out it's Doctor Bell. No way. And Doctor Bell ends up writing the forward to his book. You know, and I mean, it's just crazy when you get on path how things show up. And and I want to talk about the movement that you're creating through the, you know the positive leadership and positive you. And so as we think about leadership, what is the number one barrier that you've seen that prevents leaders from being positive? I think that there's just so much negativity in the world. There's negativity from our teams we're dealing with. There's negativity within ourselves. So it's just that reminder that being a positive leader is what transforms teams and organizations. Mm-hmm. Pessimists don't change the world. Mm-hmm. Critics write words, but they don't write the future. Naysayers talk about problems, but they don't solve them. It really is the positive leaders who dream, believe, and ultimately do to make a difference. So when you look throughout history, you've seen that. You see it to this day, Elon Musk and all these guys who are inventing the future right now. It's incredible what's, what's happening. And so my thing is, you have to lead in a positive way through belief, optimism, vision, purpose, which drives our positivity, and then the ability to create great relationships and build united and connected teams 
mm-hmm. that allow people to do their best work and work with the team to create success because no one creates success alone. Mm-hmm. That's the book I'm writing now, The, the Power of a Positive Team. Mm-hmm. The Power mm-hmm. of Positive Leadership. And then with that and the success of that, I'm now writing The Power of Positive Team. Yeah. What makes a team great from a team perspective? Mm, I love that. You know, that that is a critical element because uh, no matter what we're doing in life, whether it's a relationship with our spouse, our kids, a business relationship, we're not the only player. We may be really, really good at what we're doing, but if we want to build something that's collectively beautiful, our voice is not the only one that matters. Yes, and, and being positive doesn't just make you better. It makes everyone around you better. Yeah. Being positive leader, you help that team that you have be all that they're meant to be. Yeah. Positive leaders are, are demanding. Mm-hmm. They're just not demeaning. Mm-hmm. And positive leaders are encouraging. And they believe in their teams more than their teams believe in themselves. So they transfer their belief to their teams. Leadership is a transfer of belief. And it's essential that we lead with that belief. If we want to go anywhere and be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I was listening to a podcast you did with Rich Roll, which was a really phenomenal conversation that you guys had. And you told this story about a young lacrosse player at Cornell who had all of the potential in the world to be incredibly powerful, not not even a, a, on a leadership level, but just because of his heritage, he could be a very powerful and wield a lot of influence. And yet he chose an opposite path and really operated in a very humble way, which ended up even being more powerful and, and having an even greater influence than wielding power could possibly have had. And it made me think about Playing with honor as a as opposed to playing to win, and and applying that in the leadership sense. So maybe you could share that story because I think it's incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's funny that you brought it up. Talk about signs, right? I just wrote about that for this new book about the power oh, wow. of the team. But I mean, just just as we got on this interview, I just wrote about George because I wrote a book called The Hard Hat about mm. George, and all the proceeds go to his foundation, George Boyardi is the great-grandson of Chef Boyardee. Drove a Jeep, wore a hoodie. The Jeep was beat up, very humble, had all the privilege in the world, but you would have never known it. When he graduated college, uh, his plan was to go work for Teach for America in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to help the, uh, the Native Americans and the poorest of the poor and be there for them and teach them and, and humbly serve them. So that's what he was going to do after graduation. But his senior year, he was a lacrosse player at Cornell. During the game, he got hit in the chest with a ball and died on the field. And so the team came together, devastated, and decided to play for him, to honor him, to be like him. And he was selfless, loyal, hardworking. He was a captain of the team, but very, very quiet leader and led by example. His favorite quote was, well done is better than well said by Benjamin Franklin. Oh, I love that. He lived by. And so he was this incredible leader. And the team went on to make it to the quarterfinals in the NCAA tournament, a team that didn't have a lot of talent. Like they did an amazing thing. And for years, the team would, would play to honor George. And to this day, you know, they're getting back to the hard hat. They got away from a few years and I'm talking to the coach and they're getting back to the, the hard hat because George was a freshman when he carried the hard hat mm. to symbolize the blue collar ethic of a, a Cornell lacrosse player. So that hard hat symbolizes the you know, lacrosse player is all about and it symbolizes George. And so, you know, the team is now getting back to that. But the important thing is now 
what, 12, 13 years later, after his death, his teammates are still living their lives, you know, based on him. Mm. They live their lives to honor him. Like at 33, 34 years old, they're still living their lives based on a 22 year old and how he led and the impact he had on them. Many of them have named their sons George. And it's just so cool to see the impact that he's had on them as teammates and as people. And now since I wrote the hard hat, I'm getting all these emails from people who want to be like George. Kids are now reading it. and He's having this even greater impact mm-hmm. on all these people. So here's a guy who, like a seed, planted himself, served, unfortunately passed away, but is now having a huge impact on so many others and the world. His parents been very hard on them and still is hard to this day, but at least they get to see the impact their son is having on others. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he obviously, he, he led from a, a place of just of love and empathy for others. And I think that that is a, a leadership quality that is lacking today. Yes. What can be done to develop that? You know, my book, The Carpenter, Love, Serve, and Care. Those are the greatest leadership principles ever. They're the greatest leadership principles that will ever exist is love, serve, care. So as a leader, you lead from love, you invest in others, you develop relationships. That's real leadership. You serve them. And we think we have to serve ourselves to be great. Now you have to serve others to be great. Mm-hmm. They have to know you're committed to them. And if you're committed to them, you'll bring out their greatness. Mm-hmm. And then they'll see greatness in you. Mm-hmm. And then there's care. You show that you care. And your level of care as a leader is what determines the success of your team and what they produce. Because if you care, they'll care. And then if they care, well, now you have a team that cares. That's how you make an impact. Mm -hmm. I always say that you'll stand out when you just care more. Because so many don't seem to care anymore, right? A lot of people just don't seem to care today. Mm -hmm. Just by caring, you stand out in this this world. You know, as we... We could talk for hours because you and I are like kindred spirits. And... um, and uh, I, I'm excited to stay in touch with you and, and you know, share our journeys. But um, I want to make sure that people first, that we give people an opportunity to go connect with you and, and get some of your, your books because they're phenomenal and, uh, and maybe where they can see you speak even. So johngordon.com, J-O-N, gordon.com is my website. Uh, John Gordon 11, J-O-N Gordon 11 is my Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Every week I do a positive tip. So we're always sending out information. That's where we'll announce if I have any public events. I don't do a ton of public events. I mostly do a lot of big company events. Yeah, Conferences is where maybe a public uh, event, people come see me or work with a lot of sports teams, NFL teams, college teams. And then um, Positive University. So we just started Positive University. You go to Positive University, a ton of free resources, doing a lot of interviews like you're doing and just interviewing various people about their journey, overcoming challenges, and making a greater impact. So we're doing interviews, providing resources, videos, you know, all for free. That's awesome. You know, I also love this, uh, this, your TED talk that you just gave recently, uh, uh, which was impromptu. Usually you have to like submit proposals and like all kinds of crazy stuff, but you gave a TED talk with about two hours notice. And, and I love two things about that. One is always being ready for opportunity when it presents itself. And two, you almost said no. Yep. Get off the plane. I just spoke to the 49ers 
didn't have a good season, so I obviously didn't do a good job. I get off the plane, I'm exhausted, four hours sleep. As I'm getting off the plane, I'm walking, you know, to the escalator, going down the escalator. I see the people waiting for me from the event, and they have Ted X shirts on. And I said, Hey, what's going on? I love Ted. He said, Oh, we're having a Ted event tonight. Tomorrow's when you're speaking, but we have an event tonight for Ted. You're speaking to the big school district in the same place tomorrow. I said, you know, I've always wanted to do a TED event. They said, well, will you speak? We just had someone cancel. <laughs> I said, ah, oh, no, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not ready. You know, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do it. And as we're driving on our way to the hotel, I started thinking about my mission, my vision. I'm like, you know, if you say your vision and mission is to inspire and empower as many people as possible, one person at a time, well, there's going to be people there. How many people are going to be there? They said about 450. Oh, wow. 450 people. And you're not going to take the time to make a difference. Maybe you can make an impact. Just do it. So I said, all right, I'll do it. They're like, really? I'm like, yep, let's do it. He said, all right, great. Went to the hotel, five minutes, changed into my suit because I was not dressed to speak. Got in the suit, went to the event, and literally got there. And 10 minutes later, I'm on stage. Have no idea what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Wasn't planning it at all. And I just said, all right, I'm going for it. I'm just going to wing it. Let's do it. And I did it. That is, that's a powerful story and, and a great way to begin to conclude. I just have a, a couple more uh, questions for you. And the first is, if you could pick any skill set, and I ask this of every single guest, yeah. these last questions. If you could pick any skill set that you currently possess and turn it into a superpower, what would it be? So it would be uh, vision. I think I have great vision to see the road ahead, but I would even have even greater vision to really be able to see the future mm. and um, create it even more. Mm, I love it. So you could see what people's needs are. Because you're, I mean, you, you, you want to like, have an impact and inspire people one person at a time. And so if you had greater access to vision, yeah. Then, that would accelerate your mission for sure. And if I could see other people's vision for them, like really know what that person's meant to do. Yeah. I love helping people find their vision and mission. Yeah. Yeah. So if I could understand, or maybe so maybe I have empathy, maybe I would have even such incredible empathy. I'd actually be able to know what their purpose is and what mm-hmm. they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. What are three lies that we tell ourselves and that prevent us from realizing our full potential? Oh, it's not the lies we actually tell ourselves. It's the lies that we hear that come to us from consciousness, mm. from a spiritual place. So we have to know it's a spiritual battle that's going on. Who would ever choose to have a negative thought? You would never choose to have a negative thought. Oh, Those negative thoughts come in, and what happens is you actually believe the lie. And mm. because you believe it, it then becomes real for you. So I always tell people, don't believe the lie. Just mm. because you have a negative thought doesn't mean you have to believe it. Instead, arm yourself with the truth. Move forward with the truth. And the truth is, you were born to be great. You have greatness inside of you. You were never meant to be average. The reason why you feel like you want to be great, because we all do, is because that desire is very real because you were meant to do great things. Mm. So continue to remember that truth. Mm. So don't believe the lie that you're not good enough. Don't believe the lie that you don't have all the resources you need so you won't be successful. You have everything you need. And the resources will come your way. And don't believe the lie that the world can define you. You're never defined by the world or the outside. We always create our world inside out. So don't believe the lie that 
that the outside creates us. No, we always create the outside through our spirit, joy, love, and passion. That's how you create real success. Yeah, I love that, man. That's awesome. Last question, and I know you're going to love this question. It's the, it's the title of a book by Clay Christensen, and it's How Will You Measure Your Life? So I've already thought about this a lot. I always live with the end in mind. I will measure my life that when I die, hopefully a while from now, but you just never know, that people will meet my kids. My daughter's 19 now. My son is a senior in high school. They will meet them at some point in their life, and they will tell them about the impact I had on their life, that your dad you know, made a difference in my life. Something I read, I mean, something I wrote, something they read of mine, or a talk that they heard me give and something I said that inspired them. I want various people to meet my kids and, and tell them. So that's how I live my life To When I meet people to create a memory, to create a lasting impact, everyone I meet, I want to create value for them. I want them to leave me knowing that they left with something, mm-hmm. something for me that made their life better. So mm-hmm. I will measure it that way. And yeah. uh, I often tell my brother, you know, it's going to be a great funeral. That's what I'm looking for. A great funeral. Thank you to this week's guest and thank you for listening. If you missed any of the key points and highlights from my conversation, we've got you covered over at theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash podcast for show notes to each and every episode. And while you are there, check out Flynn Wealth Strategies and Insurance Solutions. You can do that by visiting flynnwealthstrategies.com. The Lot Marketing Group and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them and with all of their support. Now, until next time, go make an impact.